0: Hello and welcome to What Have I Done with me, Caroline Jones. In each episode, I'll be joined by a guest to discover how the spark of an idea set them on their fundraising journey. They'll explain why they chose their particular charity and share the highs and lows that invariably come with the intensity of fundraising. At the centre of each conversation is an emotional story of how inner grit and determination can lead to a lasting legacy for the fundraiser and for the charity. The Song A Minute Man is one of those fundraising campaigns that when you just say the name, people tend to have heard of it. And it's understandable. Simon McDermott's multi-award-winning campaign for Dementia UK, Alzheimer's Research UK and Alzheimer's Society reached a global audience with the simple idea of him and his father, Ted, driving in their car whilst filming themselves singing along to their favourite songs. In this touching conversation, Simon shares with me the highs and lows. The highs of what it's like to be at the centre of a phenomenally successful campaign, with fundraising money coming in and growing audience numbers. And of course, the reality of life for Ted living with Alzheimer's disease and the impact on the family. I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to chat to Simon and to quote him directly, keep singing life's too short. You can find details of all three charities Simon is supporting and the Song A Minuteman links in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Simon, welcome to What Have I Done, my podcast that really explores creative, amazing, inspirational fundraisers, of which I really hold you at the top level. Um, <laughs> You are, I think really we need to talk about um we need to sort of own up here that we know each other, don't we? We know each other from a um a, from an award connection. Yeah. Um but in 2016 you won the Creative Fundraiser of the Year award from Just Giving. And and it was a year that I was hosting the awards, having won the same category the previous year. So we our paths crossed, didn't they? In in this um, award ceremony where I heard your story for the first time and I watched and I observed just this frenzy around you and and and, and as, as someone who had experienced that in a, in a lesser capacity the previous year it was it was quite something to observe and I remember then watching you um online, reading about your story, about your campaign, and just being fascinated by what you'd achieved. So well, I wondered if we could start maybe by going back to that evening and what that felt like for you.
1: Yeah, um I was like I said it, it was all a bit um when I look back at it now it just seems so kind of like a different world really. Um and it was all a bit of a whirlwind really. I mean I did, I wasn't expecting any, any. Oh, when I first started fundraising, I wasn't expecting anything like that at all. And um, I remember I went, we went there with my friends, and this—it was just bizarre. The whole thing was completely bizarre, really. And when I look back at it, I just sometimes I have these moments and think, God, it was it was? I, I hope I behaved normally and not a bit cringe, you know, because it was like a bit of a whirlwind, you know, and like all of a sudden, like you get all this attention from nowhere. Um, Did you feel?
0: And, Anch- you know, what, what, what? how did you, obviously you didn't know that you'd won the category, you, you were a yeah. finalist, weren't you? So were you there thinking, just there's no way I'm going to win this? Or were you there thinking, do you know what, there's a, there's a chance I might win this and I might have to go <laughs> up and stand and say some words <laughs> in a string of a sentence, you know? We'll talk in a moment about your background, but I presume you're not somebody that's used to being in front of the cameras and no, the audience. No. how did you deal with that when you won it?
1: I was, I mean, I always have like underlying nervousness, anyway. So um, I think it was just like that split second when we announced my name. I thought, oh my god, I need to actually um, think quickly of what I'm going to say because I didn't think I really didn't think I was going to win at all. Honest to God, I didn't, and I was like, um. When the name was called, I was like oh my god i 've got to say something and I was thinking i 've got like five seconds to think of something quick so um, <laughs>
0: well, yeah. I thought you spoke incredibly eloquently and and from really? the heart, yeah, and i I noticed that when i 've watched um your clips talking to the media uh you know we 'll we'll talk a moment in a moment about all the media interests with your campaign, but you do you you sum things up so well and with from your heart, and I think that 's what comes across with you, Simon, is this real um drive that you have to get the message out there about dementia so for me oh, right. it was that's... it was wonderful to hear you speak
1: oh it's good to hear i thought it was all a bit um jumbled up actually
0: <laughs> no only yeah, in I your head it was a white mess.
1: <laughs> no yeah. not
0: at all not oh, well. at all so i want to go back i think a timeline would be useful for you because there is you have achieved such a lot um But I think we need to really start with Ted, your dad, and the the moment he was diagnosed with dementia. Yeah. Um, I think I'm right, it's in 2013.
1: Yeah.
0: And prior to that, you've talked publicly about living with somebody that just, he just wasn't right, he was presenting a different character so there was a just talk to me about that if you can.
1: Yes I mean dad's always had a quite a strong character and he's he's always been a singer like entertainer all his life so he's done pubs in clubs and he's always been a big personality and this but um, I went to live in South Africa for a year but just before that my mum said something about um, well his behaviour was getting quite difficult at home there was always argument i was getting phone calls from my mum saying about my dad's behavior and i just thought oh you know it's just another argument at home and this but then in 2012 i got a phone call from a mum a text message from my mum while i was in south africa saying that she thinks my dad's memories my dad's got a memory problem and i just thought oh, was just getting old and everything but then again these phone calls would come back about like how his behavior would be flying off the handle and so i came back in 2012 and I went up to see them, and then I just noticed how my dad's behaviour was just—it was the only way to describe it. It was like domestic abuse. And my dad—dad my dad was never somebody who'd hit my mum or anything like that—and he was just so vitriolic towards my mum, and so abusive, and um, it was just—it was just awful, really. And I, I, it, was, it was all really small things. Like he had this obsession about like collecting. Um, metal from anywhere Sort if you drove drove past a piece of metal you'd pick it up like an old washing machine so the back garden was full of like junk and then he had this obsession about collecting counting coins so he would for hours going like counting pennies on the kitchen table and we'd be like what are you doing you know you, you don't have to count these pennies and that that went through, that that was really odd behavior and then of course fly, flying off the hand door and he, he thought the guy next door was either stealing from us or putting records in his shed and things like this. And um, it was just, that was in, two, well, 2012, 2013 was just really, really bad behaviour. And it got so bad, I, I called up a doctor to say what was going on at home, asking, you know, something obviously wrong at home. The doctor just brought him in for a chat, just said there's nothing wrong with him, he's fine. And it went, we went backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards until and so eventually, I, it was one day and it was what it was I went to learn a Friday and it was really bad I'm a Saturday I said we're going to the doctor this morning mum and we're not leaving until we get an answer about this so we took I took mum in and luckily it was a different doctor and um she said it sounds like he's got dementia this mum was in tears and everything and um and that's when dad was diagnosed really but then so he was diagnosed but then again it was kind of like we were still like left in the lurch really nobody told us what to do we had no follow-up call or anything like that. And we are still trying to deal with Dad's aggression, you know. Honest to God, I I, I can't under, under-emphasize how abusive he was at home. It, there was like... I mean, Dad would... He'd never, he'd never punch Mum or anything like that, like, you know. But he would... Um, I'd get a phone calls from my mum very upset. And I'd be like, I'll be at work in London. And I'd be like, what's happened? And she'd be like, he's just suddenly come into the kitchen and just pulled her by the hair from the kitchen. Gosh. And pushed her into a lounge.
0: Shocking for and you to hear.
1: Ne- yeah, dad would never, ever be like that. He's, you know, he's not like that at all. And it was just horrific, you know, and I'd be at work in London like, oh my God, you know, what do I do about this? So I'd be going up to to Blackburn every second weekend and this, try and give mum a break. And um, I'm trying to think what else happened. They gave him some medication, which was trying to slow the dementia down or, you know, try and improve things. But it just seemed to make him like 10 times worse. Um, and
0: at that point had you connected with any of the dementia charities were they were you aware was, of that um sector
1: oh yeah well I was I obviously knew about Alzheimer's Society and Alzheimer's Research and everything mm-hmm. Alzheimer's Society I knew there was um they had an online web page called Talking Point which you could like chat to people and ask other people like what's going on and I'd be like I'd be going to mum and dad's at the weekend and I'd practically I'd be on the forum all night saying, What do I do? People be messaging me, they've messaging me back. And outside dad'll be like, either trying to keep the door down or anything like this. Oh, I didn't gosh. know what to do. Because no. you, you think like, Do I do I call the police you know, mm. you think you normally you think do I call the police? But you just think it's my dad, I can't I don't want to do that. But um so, so I was using the forum the forums quite a lot just to chat to people. And I remember one woman said to me, um, she said you um, sometimes in your life you need to Pull on your put, put on your big girl knickers or something like that. Pull up your ni- big girl knickers.
0: You know my thoughts I... on knickers, Simon. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I like that just, phrase, though. You know,
1: and you've got to speak to somebody else in this.
0: Yeah. And
1: um, again, you you just think, oh, the next that day is have, fine.
0: Yeah, that must just, have really stayed with you because that's.
1: that's... Yeah, because I think because I was I was posting a lot and it was a lot of like, what do I do? He's doing mm. this. What do I do? And. It's kind of like a slap around the face, so like a wake up call, isn't it? But the yeah. big wake up call was when um, we had quite. A, I'm trying to think what it was. We got the doctor involved again, and they they came up with a social worker. And I I remember because we didn't know how to control him, and the social worker and doctor came at the same time. And I I had a list. I wrote down a list of all the things that had been happening that week, mm. and I, I thought if Dad knows why we're here, we're gonna, he's going to kick off. So I didn't tell him that we were coming. And so I went outside in the front garden to prepare prepare them what he was like, and I had this list, and I literally got to t- point two on the list, and I just completely broke down, and um, I could I just couldn't finish what I was saying, I was just crying. So anyway, they came in, and then they had a chat with him, and then again we changed his medication and blah 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 and everything, and he was so abusive towards them. He was like you know calling them every name under the sun, and um, that's not like he was not like no. that at all, you know.
0: No, no, and um did that lead did that lead to a support system was it was that the point where you felt that you got the support suddenly clicking in do
1: you know what it was a, it was in a way because I thought it was somebody else there but um to be honest it was when I went back to london that the following week or something and um i was not in a good place at all and then i picked up i saw when i got home i saw i was looking in the line of my forums again saying like you know what to do in this situation and i just saw like do you need to speak to somebody um alzheimer's the dementia helpline is there to people and um i just picked up the phone and i as soon as this woman answered i just broke completely broke down because mm. it had been like two or three years of this intense abuse mm. you know what i mean and this woman just like gave just being able to speak to somebody gave me so much kind of like oh do you know what we'll be able to get through this and there's other people out there that's going through this you know
0: yeah incredible so. incredible to have to have that uh, that phone line that you were able to ring and that is that is what they're they're there for isn't it it's to support people like you and that yeah. family network yeah. that you you know that's family support that is so much needed not just for your dad but definitely for you for primary carers like you 100%. and your mum and that must have felt did it feel like a weight off your shoulders finally talking to somebody and they were really listening
1: yeah it did yeah and it was just like just to um uh, a weight off my shoulders I guess the weight was still there it, but yeah <laughs> I, I felt like I, I felt like I was um there was, I had a release valve that I could talk to somebody, you know, I did I only called them about three times, like, in the course of this entire journey, or whatever, but, um, <laughs> I, um, I just think that it was like a release valve, and I just thought, actually, I'm going to be, we're going to be okay, you know.
0: Yeah, so way. you're Is down it, in London at this point, working Yeah, yeah. down yeah. in London, and then you were going home every weekend going back up every weekend so we're now where are we now in terms of this timeline have we moved into 2016 yet have we we gone through the years oh
1: no it was 2015 so so
0: this is this what you've described as has really um to get to the point where you've been making phone calls to the doctors and and getting uh, medical advice that was a couple of years after 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 your dad was diagnosed officially
1: well dad, dad was it took us probably eight months to get dad diagnosed mm. um that was backwards and forwards backwards and forwards and then he was we waited we had a period of about like about four or five months in this it was It was supposed to be on the system to go and see a memory clinic and um I just thought oh this is the NHS waiting time in this and then it was only because I was talking to my boss at work about it and he went oh my mum got sore in about a week or something and I was like we haven't, we've been waiting for months in this because I'd, I'd be calling up the doctor and said, Oh, don't worry, he's on the list, he'll be seen too soon. Anyway, I called up the memory clinic, they had no record of him at all. And I was like, Whoa. You know, I went ballistic. And um, then, they, then he got sore the next week, and then he said, You know, he's got dementia. And then I was like, Well, that's all right. But that was 2013, you know. So then, oh, even though that started, they gave him like a, a drug called Aricept, which is supposed to improve like, um, Connection levels in the brain, and you know all that kind of stuff. But um I think that by making him slightly more aware, made him even more aggressive. <laughs> Didn't it? Know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah was, and, that, and was... that's harder for you to see the increase. I'd imagine, right? You're thinking that the medication is going to ease his.
1: Um, well, do you know? Do you know crashes. what as well? And I've, it's certainly on hindsight as well that um I also think it's both mine and my mum's behaviour we had no idea what dad was going through so like dad would be leaving things everywhere and he'd be pulling things down on this and you'd be like why you why are you doing that stop doing that you know and I my my body language and behavior my how I was speaking was possibly not helping the situation because I'd be kind of like stop doing that you know mm. and that's just going to be like whoa we're going to start a fight mm. now so that was kind of like a that's something And how, learned, how
0: how did you learn to change your to, to modify your your yourself you know to change just how you were with him
1: i think just reading about like don't i've read something that you know don't um you know don't try and create the conflict or anything like that. if he if he says like black is white black's white today yeah okay you know that's the only don't see any way
0: so i um, it feels rather flippant to talk about a fundraising campaign when you're you know you're caring for your dad your mum and you are the primary carers and you've got this every every minute of the day um your your dad is um suffering with his dementia and I want to now really understand Simon where the carpool karaoke came into things because uh, to me this is just creative it's light-hearted it's a bit of fun but from what you've just said, um you, you know your headspace wasn't there, and I, I want to no, understand so, how this, you know, how, started. how it started. Because I feel very um aware of of, of this parallel world that you were yeah, in, yeah. and and yeah. let's talk about that if we can in a minute. But tell me about your your desire to fundraise and and, and your idea.
1: So I didn't. I had no, I well, I didn't, I didn't really think about fundraising. Well, it all started because I'd be going up to Blackburn to um, to give him. It was basically to give him a break. I'd go up there to give him a break. So as soon as every time Dad got angry, I'd be like, "Come on, Dad, let's go for a drive." Or I'd take him out and I would pretend to him like, "Oh, I've got to take these boxes somewhere," and I you know I get him in the car and I would drive around for about two or three hours wherever, and we stop off have a coffee somewhere just so Mum had have a. About a break at the weekend of his constant aggression. And um, so I do that every time I go up there. And I noticed he, started, he really enjoyed that. So I thought, and I think there's one time I went out, my mum was in the back of the car and that, and we had his CDs, his backing tracks with us. And we put his backing tracks on and um, he started singing along to it. And he loved it, you know. And I said to my mum, I'm going to film this. And um, I've just I put the, the my mobile phone at the front because he was so happy and he was such a complete change in personality I was like I want to record this it's the first <laughs> time he's actually been happy for years you know so um and that's what I did so every time dad got angry he got me in the car he put his music on and I recorded it and then I shared I shared it once on my Facebook page and um people started to like share that and I was kind of like oh, well if they're going to share it I'll put a fundraising link on there and that's how it started I just thought you know there's no, there's no plan at no, all. It there was, was no plan. Yeah, I
0: know. Well, it's very often the, the the story here is there was no plan, and I and I think I think if you if you've been if you've not been in that situation, it's it's hard to quite to comprehend that you know your your fundraising. We'll talk about this. Raised so much money, and the profile was so high. But actually, it was it was as a, the idea itself was to solve. The solution which was your dad was frustrated so you literally get in the car and you drive around and and you saw this this light with him didn't you switch on and 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 the music brought him to life I, I I can see from the from the video clips Ted was a redcoat at Butlins, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, and um, and and a very handsome redcoat. I've looked him up. He was <laughs> very handsome, as beautiful. And your mum was, you know, beautiful. What a lovely couple! Very um, clearly, very much in love. And and I love that that just the title "Song a Minute Man" because he sounds like he ne- he was literally never he never stopped singing, and he he could recite every single song word perfect. Yeah. Going around the country, what was he like in in those days, or what what have you well, discovered about him?
1: Well, I mean, like my dad since he was sixteen, he was always getting up and singing in the club and everything. And then I think in his twenties, he was part of a band called the Starliners, and they got quite big nice. around the West Midlands. And um, but apparently they got a, a gig in Germany or something. They're supposed to tour around Germany, and the rest of the guys didn't want to do it, and I think that kind of like really annoyed my dad. So then he. That all fell apart and um, went solo. Yeah, and then he—I think he was in quite quite a bad bad place with it all. Really, end of relation of a And then he went to Butlins, and that's where he met my mum. Really, my mum was at one of the campers. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, I love <laughs> it was that. Blackpool. It was Blackpool Metropolitan. Was
0: your was mum cool. pulled a red coat? I mean, that's quite something, isn't it? Really, that's know. a that is
1: that's really up she, there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So this music was it something you grew up with were you always yes. hearing big band music swing yeah music? It was all the time
1: yeah or so yeah the music it was just the whole house was I mean dad was out about two or three times a week singing in the clubs so he worked in the factory during the day but then in the evenings he was um you know doing his doing his gigs so.
0: oh, did you have a record player at home or were you how were you hearing it was record
1: players and he had um, his tapes as well so he, he used to and his copycat, yeah. He's, I mean, he used to sing as well, so he had his equipment so he'd be singing in the front room. He used to drive. I mean, at the time, he drove me insane because it was full on loud, and he'd sing everything. So he'd have things like obviously Frank Sinatra, stuff, but then he'd sort of end up singing like some George Formby things. you would be like, "Oh my god!"
0: <laughs> and you're trying to be a cool teenager, yeah. Into exactly. you know what were you yeah. into then? Presumably, what year? What decade was, it, was that?
1: So it was early nineties, wasn't it? So it's oh, like, right you know.
0: Yeah, not Frank Sinatra.
1: No, definitely not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting watching you watching the clips so so j- for anybody that's new to your campaign just explain the so you're in the car you you noticed that your dad um was was in, was was able to sing along to these tapes that you put on and you posted it on Facebook the reaction you had then how did that just dis- how, how from that point what was the decision factor how did you decide or well, i'm going to actually campaign here. i'm going to raise some money i'm going to set up a just giving account what what was um, the thinking there then
1: it's just i wanted to put something back really that was it i just literally i just thought well people share because i work for a charity anyway and i worked <laughs> in digital fundraising so i ah. had some yeah so i had some ah. knowledge of this before and i worked at a um, Bernardos. And we were all trying to do like, you know, digital campaigns and everything. So I knew how to do a digital, you know, digital campaign mm-hmm. and it's but I didn't expect anything like that was going to happen to me in this, you know, because we always talked about, oh, it'd be great if we got a, vi- a viral video going for the charity. And of course, these things aren't, you can't create one. You've got to, it's, you've got to be natural. And then, so obviously, when these videos, when I saw people sharing it, I just thought, well, I'll put this link on there. And if people want to donate, they can donate, really. And yeah. so I set up dad's Facebook page. And um, initially I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm not going to, do- I remember walking to the gym and I thought, do you know what? I'm not going to do this because I'm exposing dad and his illness to the world and this. And I just thought, oh, you know, I've shared it on my, f- my normal page. and that, That's on my normal personal Facebook, but I'm not going to open it up to the, the wider world. I went to the gym and then I came out of the gym and I just thought, oh, do you know what? Just give it, just see what happens. And I switched it on and shared the post it just yeah and it literally that day i think we raised like 200 in the first day gosh, and then, um yeah it gosh. just it, it literally it just went it went ballistic uh, literally overnight yes. it only took about 2 or 3 weeks actually. yes
0: i i'm it's stag it's quite staggering i've written a little timeline down and even writing it down I can't. Quite, I had to double check and triple check right. <laughs> how much money you raised because so quickly that 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 it it. If we go back to 2016, so there you are, you're you're having these doubts. You're thinking, no, should I post it? Shouldn't I post it? You knew about social media, as you said. So there's something there in your head telling you that actually this is the way to fundraise, which yeah. is is quite astute because a lot of people don't you know i think i think when you 're um at the very very beginning of a of a an idea um you could talk yourself out of it on social because you think it 's just too much i don 't want to see my face on there maybe i 'll just do it very privately but you were i think you, were, you clearly understood the power of this phenomenon this global reach that social has. And and I think that you did seem to hit the ground running with that because you got you you were multi-channeled. you got your YouTube clips, you were on Facebook. Were you on Twitter, I think, at that time? I didn't
1: time? really use I'm not a big fan of Twitter, so I didn't really No, use but you've got your
0: just giving link as well set up. So you've got yep. these you, you understood that. And I think that was um it clearly sort of set grounded you, didn't it, for what you were yeah. about to launch into. And then these these video clips, how, how often were you filming them?
1: So every time we went to, to that to the weekends, I'd just take that out and record it and see what happened. There's no literally yeah. <laughs> just <Yeah>. put <laughs> his music on and see what happened.
0: Okay. You know. So um unlike you know James Corden and he's got his <laughs> camera crew and the he, I read that he you know sometimes he's not really driving. He, he's on a trailer yeah. and so you are really driving, you are really driving yeah, it's, around it's the not, lanes of it's not green where? screen, <laughs> you
1: know.
0: <Yeah. laughs> and did you just choose tracks that you, you that reminded you of it? It was best? all his
1: backing tracks, basically. So anything that because he had loads of um mini discs and this, and I, I kind of put them on to CD for him, and um, obviously, I took them to with me in the car, so just played literally for hours around and he loved it he actually he loved it really and you could tell when he got back home that his behavior was completely different really happy you know but it it, I remember um I was at work one day and I'd I think it was in the the second week and it raised like 10,000 pounds and I was in this work meeting and my phone was literally buzzing with all because every time I got every time I get an email on Hotmail I get a notification and my phone was just like buzzing z- 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 and that's was the donations coming in. And my boss oh, was like, what's you know, someone said he said to me, oh, someone's popular. And um as somebody else just said, Oh, Simon's raised ten thousand pounds today, something. And that was that was like right at the start, but that was before the charities got involved or anything like that. It was just um, bizarre, it really was.
0: How were you juggling everything at that point? Were you were you going home and doing all your replies and being very diligent, or was it just you know were you, were you managing to keep keep your job going and
1: going and yeah I yeah it was I, yeah because I mean also it was quite an emotional time because like we got the amount of messages that came in you know that was like I'd be at work and I'd be like you know welling up in this because some of the messages were coming in and they were coming from all around the world and that was kind of like oh my god you know these people who were in the same situation as i was and like saying put literally pouring the heart out and like i don't know what to do in this situation and i would be like oh my god i don't know what to do
0: no <laughs> you did know? you feel that weighed on you a little bit or were you did is that the point where you approached the reached for the to the charities or how how did you cope with that because i think that can be overwhelming uh, you know something you probably weren't uh, prepared for yeah i think i just
1: i say it was it was overwhelming but in a good way you know i couldn't respond reply to any of the messages i mean we, i'm not joking are we getting thousands of messages thousands of messages a day honest to god Gosh. i could it literally you'd refresh my thing and another like 100 messages are coming in Honest, i can't i cannot i'm not exaggerating that is the truth no no so, i
0: am I'm, I'm
1: it was I'm, it was the most exciting and bizarre moment of my entire life i can't you know Gosh. Um, Tell
0: me about the charities then. You've you, you fundraised for three charities. Um, you fundraised for Dem- uh, Alzheimer's Society.
1: Yeah. So initially we fundraised for Alzheimer's, Re- um, Alzheimer's Society.
0: And then um, Dementia UK?
1: Yeah. So that's kind of like, to be honest, it's mainly just um, Alzheimer's Research and Alzheimer's Society
0: society okay so one of them the alzheimer's society's offering support
1: yeah
0: um and alzheimer's research the clues in the word that is about the research for uh, 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 finding a cure
1: for dementia
0: yeah. yeah and then obviously the dementia uk offers a nursing element
1: dementia uk brilliant because they give um they set up admiral nurses which is basically like Dementia nurses that you can speak to, or come around to your house and give you advice. And I think every, I think every family who's got dementia needs an animal nurse, hundred percent. You need to be able to speak to somebody just to like, what do I do in this situation? You know, or just even yeah. just have a moan to, you know, you know, what I mean?
0: Yeah. So you've got it's these. Like, yeah. Sorry.
1: Well, I think it's like they're like Mac- Macmillan nurses, really. That's what I see them as. You know.
0: Specialists in that yeah. in that field. So you're ten thousand pounds. You're sitting there. Ten thousand pounds is in the in the in the in the just giving account. Your target, I think, initially was tell me.
1: I think it's it five hundred or a thousand. Ambitious. Think,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you I don't know about you, but when you first type in the how much am I going to put as a target, it's five hundred too much. Is that a bit? cocky did, did you have similar uh, you know did, how yeah, did you put
1: well, that I, figure out yeah well I put a th- I put 500 in and I just thought oh I'll put 1000 in just to give people a bit of a kick up
0: yeah stretch like target yeah <laughs> like it works yeah. a work target but you busted you bust that probably in about half an hour did you once these videos started reaching out to the world
1: yeah it was I think it was about a the initial, well, I think it took about a week to reach a thousand. Really, we had a family party, and then we got a lot of donations there. But um, yeah,
0: yeah. And you, um, so you, at the point where you're getting, you got to your ten thousand mark. Were the charities then aware of what you were doing, or what? How did you connect? Yeah, that? they
1: did. I think it was in the middle of a summer, and I think the, the social team or the digital team at uh, Alzheimer's so- Society. Um, I think they were short of staff or something at the time, or something. I can't remember. And it wasn't really picked up on and then all of a sudden it was picked up on and then it was like they really pushed it really yeah
0: yeah did they give you did you meet face to face with them or was it just a regional you know
1: officer no um I I spoke to No, I just spoke to them on the phone a couple of times really they were really they were really good actually when they when it first I mean because I said what I'm trying to because because it was it was just so big so quick and they said like you know we they offered to like manage a Facebook page and all that kind of stuff in the comments and everything but I thought you know I want to keep sort of back to me really and um mm-hmm. but also just like they gave us like a point of contact you know because there's always press which all press came in as well and I was let's like let's
0: talk let's talk about that because I presume you don't have a press training background. You At haven't been all. on a media course. No. <laughs> You've, you know, this is not a normal world that you're suddenly being thrown into. And you only have to put Song a Minute Man into a search engine. Honestly, it's just reams and reams. <laughs> and it starts with, well, let's just name check, shall we? We've got Pride of Britain Award winner. Um We've got uh, the Decca record deal, recording your dad recording at Abbey Road, yeah. um, the Just Giving award. The, there are so many points of uh, that can take you down, and 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 read about your phenomenal success. It was just phenomenal, and I, I want I want to know while all all of this was going on, were you take were you able to comprehend what was happening?
1: Um, I've got goosebumps now. Actually, um, was I? It was. I'm trying to think. Really, it was just um. Like you say, it was just the most exciting. Was I able to comprehend? I just thought this is absolutely mental. That's what I. Uh, you know, that's what I just couldn't. Yeah, it couldn't really. Yeah, I couldn't comprehend. I can't really say. I can't really answer that. Really, I just thought it was most exciting but also kind of like what have I kind of done have I exposed dad um just a really really it was good time you know really fun time but also I was yeah. kind of like oh my god um I don't think mom, well obviously dad has no idea what was going on you know and I thought like <laughs> Uh, like I keep saying have, have I have I exposed dad have I done I did did initially keep have I done the right thing have I done the right thing in this and then I spoke to a friend about it and I remember actually I went, went to Soho in this and we had Sunday lunch then um it was breakfast anyway but we went to Soho and um and we sat there and literally we always always messages were coming in and then I got a call saying can you do good morning Britain on the Monday and I was like oh my god it's too much I can't do this I can't do this it's just too it's too um you know because I was panicked, you know. Yeah. I get quite nervous doing all that kind of stuff, yeah. and my mate said to me, um, "I said because oh, I was like saying, oh, you know, I think it's enough now. I think we should forget it and just leave it as it is." And he was like, "Just imagine what you can do, Simon, if you just carried on with this, you know, and how many people you'd be able to help if you got more money in." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, do you know what? Yeah, let's just just keep going for this."
0: And did you have a? Did you have somebody at the? Was there a PR team supporting you in, at the charity? How were, you know, how are you filtering I've, all of these requests that seem to be? yeah constantly initially, coming
1: through yeah it was a bit of both really so it was messaging me and there was messaging outside my society so we just worked together really so I was like saying oh this has come in but they were really conscious they were kind of like saying you know like if you know if if any get, if, if any of this gets too much you know just let us know and I was by that point I was like bring it on let's do as much <laughs> as possible
0: did it? I mean, I imagine, well, like any campaign, I, I I sort of see it as a big curve because you, you're going up and up and up and up and your trajectory was just, it was just stellar, wasn't it? It was just, yeah. you were just was- constantly on the up. Now, c- can we just talk about Pride of Britain Award for a moment, please? Because it reads like a celebrity A-list. James <laughs> Corden introduces you to come onto the stage, right? James Corden... <laughs> That's pretty big in itself. <laughs> Fellow karaoke carpool, you know. It's not many people that you've got things in common with like that. You then go on stage. Tell me who intro- who presents you with your award, your Pride of Britain So it's, award. Yeah, it was,
1: yeah, Joan Collins and um, Sir Cliff Richard, which I was just, that's even more bizarre, really. Joan Collins. Yeah. I mean, it was just, a, that night was just completely surreal because I think it was I'd moved back to Blackburn Literally about a month before, and so dad was very, very, very confused by now. He was really like because dad was like started to like sundown. So like you know when the weather when the when it goes night time, he just goes completely off and he's up all night and he's trying to get things out of wardrobes and that. So that just started about the October and private. So it was just we'd all all of a sudden it gone really big and we had all these offers, but dad was acting really, really weird so I didn't really want to um you know expose people to that and you know it's not fair dad and everything so I didn't want a dad I didn't want dads to lose this moment you know what I mean so mm-hmm. um and then Pride of Britain happened and I didn't um if I'm honest I didn't really expect it to be as big as it was <laughs> do you know what I mean I hasn't well, really yet.
0: okay <laughs> What do you mean by that? Did you not I think just, you were going to win or did you just, I didn't, I didn't just think anyone would write about it the next morning?
1: I didn't. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be such a big, I thought it was going to be like an award ceremony, but I didn't expect it to be so, there's quite, you know, Prince Charles was there, Prime Minister was there. We went to, to Downing Street and they were fantastic. Honest to God, who, whoever organised it, brilliant. You know, Cal Vorderman as well, she was they give, they give you a, like a, an introduction meal before, like the night before, and this. And she's there, and she wants to find out about everybody's story, and she's actually she's really interested. It's not like a PR thing. She's really interested. She gives everybody time, and um, it was it's the whole thing was brilliant, a brilliant experience. The only trouble was, I mean, they said like, um, you know, can you you know, we bring go come down with your dad in this, and by literally, literally dad was just like horrific, and the, it was it was very. It had gone back to that kind of abuse and like you know flying off handle at the slightest things like flying off handle, and um, so I said to mum like, "What do we do? Should we just keep leave dad here?" And I just thought, you know, on hindsight now I think like, did I do the right thing? Did I, you know, I, put, I, I don't know. At the time, I think, it felt like yeah. I just I, think, I didn't want dad to like. I mean, I knew what would happen if you know it had been great TV. Dad kicking off. I mean, we was last on, and if 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 he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have sat there for 3 hours no, no way he'd have, no. he'd have kicked off called everybody every name under his sun mm.
0: but you were protecting him weren't you you were doing i think you 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 sound like you always put him first simon you don't you're not searching for this stardom that wasn't and never has been i don't think you're your goal its to get the message out there about dementia and the need for research. And you, of course, I can understand that you'd be protective of your mum and your dad and on the same, on the, but on the same level, uh, this accolade that you'd won for the success of the, of the karaoke uh, of song, a minute man and the, the carpool had really touched so many people that you deserve to be up there and you deserve oh. to be sitting with Carol Vorderman and then go to Downing Street, which I need Just, to hear about, please. Yeah. Hi, you're listening to What Have I Done with me, Caroline Jones. And now back to the conversation. Do
1: you know what? I, I'm not gonna i not going to lie. I I enjoyed it. You know, it's it's nice. I'm not going to lie about it. It was a nice, nice time, you know. And it was Good. kind of like, oh, well, actually, it was not, you know, I'm, I'm not a complete horrible person or something like that, you know. No, why
0: is it, do you think, why is it, that we have these feelings because I can really relate to what you're saying, feeling totally mixed up about stuff. You know, you give an interview and you didn't, the the press would want to talk really about, well, for me, it was about my mother's breast cancer and how I've dealt with her death and the impact on my family. And I didn't really want to talk about that. I wanted to talk about secondhand clothes and my love of fashion, but it, it felt actually sometimes it wasn't enough for the press. They wanted the they really wanted to dig into those other bits of my life that for me were very private and it was the reason I was campaigning. So for you, it was, I feel like it was a real balance to, to, to protect your dad and your mum from this exposure, but at the same time, take the exposure because it had the, the benefits of raising the profile for the charity.
1: Yeah, do you know what? Because I, th- I, I thought, you know, dad's worked all his life singing, and he's always missed his trance. You know, he's like he's always he went to, he won a like a was it Carol Levis or something like that? I think it was in the fifties or something. He won a singing competition, and he was supposed to go down to London to be re, to record recorded for radio, but he didn't get they didn't go because he needed to buy insurance apparently, and they couldn't afford it. He was only like sixteen or something, so he didn't go to that, and then. It's just always like you know when he was in the starline, he missed out on that chance because he didn't go to. You know, the rest of the band didn't want to go to Germany, and I thought, Do you know what, he's not going to miss out on this one. So no. I thought I'm going to everything that I'm going to try and get as much as possible for Dad out of this. You know, yeah. there's like a, there's a legacy. Um,
0: Gosh, but, and so being at that evening when you won that Pride of Britain, it was. It must have been a very mixed feelings for you and then to wake up the next morning and know that your dad has had a bad night and and yeah and, well that,
1: and... that night was pretty bad he's got a phone call from mum oh no it was a nightmare because he got out he'd you know he he because of the um the sundown and he would started to wander so he'd let himself out the house so he had mum had to get the police involved and this so i the next morning I spoke to her, and this she didn't tell me about it until when I got back to Blackburn because she didn't want to ruin the day and all that kind of stuff. But she had to get the police out and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, "Oh my god, you know what an irony that I'm collecting an award for Dad, and I just you know, and he's wandering around the streets, lost. You know, awful. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know? and, and and something that you had to hold in, hold in that you, you know, the show must go on, the media show must go on. I imagine and the next morning people are wanting to interview you. It, sitting with your award. You know, that's hard yeah. for you, really hard.
1: Yeah, it was it was just I mean, it was I was gonna something I was going to tell you about as well with dad then about um it's completely gone. But it was it was one moment and I just I thought oh God, you know, is that right? It's gone it's completely gone up my head. It'll come no. back to me.
0: Tell me about other so I know that you were on breakfast television, you were on Lorraine, um did you feel completely relaxed in those environments? No, what What, what, are you, what is nervous, it? Completely
1: nervous wreck.
0: Nervous wreck.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, and I also thought I'm going to get exposed any minute for, um, I don't know, some something that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a yeah, big yeah. fake. <laughs> I'm not, you know, it's like a number of times I just felt like, um, you know, people ask you about dementia and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, do I really know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. here? You know?
0: suddenly you're the voice you're the voice of dementia you're the um the spokesperson for the whole topic
1: yeah I just felt a bit I just felt some I guess felt a bit out of my depth you know what I mean and it was kind of like it was exciting but also kind of like what what actually am I doing you know
0: did the did you ever share that with the charities any of the charities you never told them did you ever is it because you didn't want to bother them or did you just feel you couldn't
1: I just, um, I think you just, just a lot of people we keep things in, don't we? Pretend everything's all right, really. You know. Could you have done
0: that again? I mean, if you were back in this position now, do you think you'd have? Do you think you'd have spoken to the charities and said, "Actually, I need, I need more help"?
1: Um, I don't think I wouldn't. Have said, I wouldn't have said that I needed more help. I think it was my own. I was beating myself up really mm. do you know what I mean yeah it's, it's, I, that's I, I, weird that's I have to go and see a psychologist about this I'll call a therapist <laughs> you know why do I, I what's no, my issues I, I,
0: I, I, I can <laughs> totally understand what you're saying here because you you've um it's huge you've generated all of this and yet um you know you're beating yourself up and, and I don't I Don't really know why you were feeling like that because you shouldn't have been. You should have been incredibly proud of what you were doing.
1: Yeah, I was, I was proud. It was, what I wasn't proud, I just felt a bit. Um, I think it, to be honest, that first part of it when it was on the up and it was exciting, that was great. And you know, and I was, I think after a while, I got into the routine of it and it was, like, I loved it, you know, I, you know, it was great. Oh. We've like the BBC coming to the house and all that kind of stuff it was an exciting time I think what happened after it was afterwards where like obviously that story ended but then we're left in this situation of like well what happens next and
0: so just before we go into that if if it's okay because I want to go back a step um you start writing You you were telling me a moment ago about your dad not making it to being yeah, yeah. a musician, and you, and I, and I—that's really touched me actually, because it's as if you're, you're, you know, you see an opportunity for his music to be heard, and two yeah. things happen, which I think are quite extraordinary. One is that you get a record deal. Yeah. With is it with Decca? Am I right? It was,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, Decca, phenomenal, and the recording of this album, I mean, Abbey Road. Simon yeah, yeah. Abbey Road. <laughs> uh, tell me all about that.
1: um Well, it was it was like always a request for coming in and always emails and everything. And like I think it was a one day we had a request from Ellen in the States. And Sorry, then, Ellen. Yeah, from <laughs> Ellen. Ellen. <laughs> I know. It's just like I called my mate and I was like, e-, you know, Ellen, one of the producers from Ellen's she's been on the phone. He's like, You're kidding me. I was like, yes. And then literally that same day. I got this email from Decker, and it said like um would your dad be interested in doing um recording a charity song? I was like, "Oh my god, this is the ice on the cake." And um so I was like, yeah. I met them and then that's it just it took off from there really.
0: And you did you get back to Ellen? I just need to know. Yeah, we
1: did. Yeah, I think it was really it was such an odd conversation, we had a really long conversation with us with them and then um she, because they wanted to fly Dad out, and I said, "Well, I can't get Dad on the plane. You know, it's not going to. That's not going to happen." And then she was she Just the end of the conversation quite abruptly. I was like, "Oh, okay. That, that, that must be that then." <laughs> it's
0: bizarre, really actually. That isn't yeah, it. Yeah. That's quite bizarre. Do you think that's because researcher was it researcher you were talking? Yeah, it to? was. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I I know that feeling of right. This conversation's over now. Yeah,
1: yeah. That it's doesn't all bit, work. Yeah
0: so
1: let's go back
0: no i mean that's fine they had their moment yeah you're now in a in in a in ringing a decor on the phone to you and talk to me about how on earth does this charity album happen and
1: so um they the guy i met up with a guy in in a hotel in victoria in this and explained what he was thinking of. And I was like, yeah, that's great. So, dad loves singing with a band and everything. I expected it to be, going, be about like a five piece band in this. And, and then they booked us into the studio. Mum and dad came down. I said to Mum, I said, we can't tell him what he's got to do, he's got to sing today because he will kick off and we just need to get to him in the studio and that'd be fine. <laughs> so, we got him a taxi and we're all dressed up in this and we go to the studio and we, I open the door and um, they say, oh, like, what the studio, whatever, go down. I open the door and it's a massive room and it's like this full orchestra. And I was like, oh my God, I wasn't expecting this, you know. I wasn't expecting this at all. And then the guy walked up and I was just so like overcome with this emotion. I was like, gave him this big hug and I was like, I'm so grateful what you've done. And um
0: Gosh, yeah. this is but Studio it kicks, it kicks 2 at Abbey Road.
1: Well, the, the recording part, the first recording was at... Where was it? We recorded in Angel and then we recorded in Abbey Road, the second bit. So we did two recordings. Um, but it was, yeah, it was... I mean, he kicked we, off. He, kicked, he, he did kick off.
0: Did he, But did he yeah. know he was at Abbey Road? No, he, idea. He, no idea. No idea. He, had, idea. he had
1: no idea that he was singing in front of an orchestra. And it took about two or three takes and then he got into it. And then we, got, we, we kind of got dad into... <laughs> Into front of the, the crowd where the orchestra was, and because then he knew that he was singing to an audience and he loved that. He was just back into his element and he was singing around. But it was it was stressful. And again, I just thought, you know what, I think we we're gonna do this, Dad, because this is your moment. <laughs> you know? Well, I've
0: just been watching a clip um researching for, for researching to speaking for, to speak to you, and he looked so elegant in his white tuxedo yeah. and his bow tie, and he was just owning the room at Abbey Road. I just thought it was incredible. And it was it the Guy Barker Orchestra?
1: Yeah, Guy, Guy Barker, yeah. And they were great. They were really, really good.
0: Gosh, yeah. I mean, at top of their game, I mean, they've performed with Paloma Faith, they've performed at Carnegie Hall and the Royal Albert Hall. And yeah. and there you are with your dad and your mum
1: yeah. in
0: that space.
1: Just... It was great. It was it was a long day, but it was yeah, it was great. You know,
0: wonderful. So you always remember. Yeah. Then you had the finished the, the, the finished um, CD.
1: Yeah, we did well. We did a single charity single with them, and then we recorded again for the album. It was so we, we recorded with out with, with Decca. I think we recorded about six songs, and we released two of them. Um, they I I, well, <laughs> I was hoping they was going to do a, a an album, and they didn't want to do that. And I was like, "Well, I've literally got like thousands of people asking about an album, so I'm going to crowdfund it." And I think they, were, yeah, so that's what mm. happened next week, yeah. Crowd, You did, crowdfund you the album. Yeah,
0: yeah. And when, at what point did you did you get radio airplay uh, on the back of the the charity? The first one? one. The first I one. I think
1: so. Yeah, we did. Yeah, but I was a bit disappointed because we only got um. It went in at number one, so we did pre-orders and that. And it went into number one, and then it just literally slid down to number 43 which is awful 43 we were streaming but in terms of sales i think it was number three in sale in the sales charts was number three but in the street because when they put in streaming it pushed it all the way down to 43 but
0: you got in at number one
1: we came in because we got the quarters and said you've entered the chart at number one i was like wow fingers crossed we can make it we didn't. Obviously, forty-three. <laughs> the meaning <laughs> listen, of the life in the listen, universe.
0: Listen, it's a, it's, it's top one hundred. I, I, I would take that any day, and uh, you know, just to, just to hear the story about. It's just phenomenal, isn't it? To think you've been to Abbey Road and stepped into that hallowed space, <clears> throat> and throat> no, your I do, Dad I, I would have felt so. You know, it's so special to to yeah. hear that.
1: I don't think he. Like, to be honest, at the time, I didn't really. I was more concerned about dad not kicking off, you know, than to enjoy the experience. Really, that's my main concern. Was like, let's get it okay. That's all I could consume. You know, yeah, it wasn't.
0: It's, yeah. it's and it goes back, I think, to this this parallel life that you have of, um, you know, everybody wanting a piece of you and and to support the campaign and um, and you know, push the story out there. But then you've got your dad's health and your mum obviously as a yeah, yeah. primary carer and and it's that balance and the that constant balance that i don't think um when when you're looking at it from the other side of the uh, of of the road people just don't probably see that at all they're not thinking like that they're just seeing the success of this campaign the media attention
1: yeah you know, i mean the it's...
0: engine just keeps on rolling
1: yeah there was a lot of things we had to turn turn down at this because because it was a lot of it was like can dad do this thing and it's like it's gonna be live And i' was like i can't you can't do it live I'm not I'm not putting dad on t- live t v it's not fair you know because it's good it'd be great t v you know but dad's you know dad's a, he's been a professional singer He's a good singer I didn't want to um i didn't want him to make him out like as a uh a comedy acts that like oh it's going out times that can sing you know yeah. let's wheel him out you know yeah i do i i know we said all along every time i did an interview i said i don't i want me to be about my dad's singing and the dementia second. So i don't want dad to be introduced as like dad's got dementia you know it, the mm. primary dad's a singer and he's got alzheimer's i kept stressing that but
0: i i think you did that incredibly well i really could see that in your interviews I could hear hear it hear that message very clearly and I think you were very protective of him and understandably so so I from my point of view seeing the campaign watching it I think you I think you got the balance perfectly spot on I really really do Simon I don't think you I don't think you did anything to be to feel bad about or worry about at all you were exemplary and Uh, and the charities must have thought they i mean how what was the reaction they 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 had what did they say to you
1: oh no it was great i mean there was massive yeah they're really grateful um what do they say i think they were excited as well because they were saying they were check constantly checking the just giving page you know
0: Come on then, tell me how much. I think where did the Just Giving page get to?
1: I think it's hundred with with gift dave, I think it's hundred and fifty thousand. I think I can't remember. I need to oh check much. it. Yeah, it's something incredible. Like that. Yeah,
0: that is incredible.
1: But there's there was I mean we we've done like you know was offline fundraising as well. But we raised we you know we sell that CD and then um, the stuff for Alzheimer's research that we've done. So it's all a bit all overshot really. I don't. Really Do know. you also
0: think about the value? of the message you know not not just the money that came in but also the value of you getting those column inches and talking about dementia and raising the profile of the care that's needed uh, Did you get yeah, a sense of that
1: I didn't know really
0: because it because it oh. does have that value it does if you if if another simon was listening to this and was in that position you were in i think you know uh, in the in, in 2013 it it probably would have led you to where, you know to these support systems that are there so i,
1: I yeah, yeah. you
0: know i i think it's far more actually than the money that you raised
1: do you know what as well the whole song a minute thing as well lifted us as a family up completely because we were in a dark place and then just having this moment just amazing moments you know dad was kicking off it was really and it's still really really difficult you know with dad, but um it's, it's it it put us on a completely different traje- trajectory you know
0: yeah uh, and it
1: was like and I think we all needed that we mum especially needed it you know because she'd had the amount of stuff that she'd had going on for the last three years with my dad and all of a sudden this happened it's like a spaceship landing it was great it, honestly it was you know it was good for us it really was good for us.
0: When did you decide that you were going to get a pen and start to write a book about <laughs> yeah. your dad's life? It's
1: a, it's a, I feel like it sounds like a bit, I feel a bit cringe because obviously it's like always positive things. Um, but we got um, approached by a couple of um, publishing houses and asked, would you write a book in this? And I'm like, of course, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and... I said, like I said again, I said I wanted to write about Dad's life, not just about his dementia. You know, that was really important. I didn't want him to be just tarred with the, the dementia brush. It's not fair. Um, so I tried to write the whole thing. So I went down to Birmingham, met all Dad's uncles and family, and his ex-friends and no, ex-friends' but friends, and um, yeah, I just spoke to him. And that was, for me personally, that was an amazing, thing, a gift. Oh, I always it was a gift because it was like. I, I think like for very far. Me and Dad didn't really get on very well growing up, you know. But I was like, I met these people, and I thought, oh my god, you know, these people have. He was describing this guy as was completely different when he was younger. You know, very like, very very sensitive, you know, and slightly nervous. Of course, big, quite big headed sometimes as well. But, um, and I just thought, you know, Dad's quite fragile, you know. And I think that's. It was, it was just, you yeah, know, it was an eye-opener, really. And, uh, I read I that in
0: see... your, yeah, in your introduction of your book. You know, I, I loved the point where you said you, you, you got to learn about your dad and, and, yeah, and yeah. you had this, almost you were, your eyes were opened to him yeah, and totally. it brought you together, brought you much closer yeah, yeah. to your dad. Through, 100%, through that. And I think,
1: definitely, I think also, it, well, I mean, we are really close now, very close, but, yeah, it was, the whole, this whole thing's been like life, a bit cheesy, isn't it, saying it, but it's, it's it, yeah, it's transformed my life because, you know, if this song minute didn't happen, maybe, like, Dad, I wouldn't have spent more time with Dad. I wouldn't have been driving Dad out in the car. We wouldn't have developed that relationship. I wouldn't have known how to talk to him properly, you know. I wouldn't have understood his dementia. He might have been in a home earlier, you know, very lonely, you know.
0: And I think at the very, very beginning when you were... Having those doubts about posting something online, and you know, should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? And you came out of the gym, and you thought, "I'm going to do it." Who'd have thought? You know, in a matter of what are we talking? Three years on, that you would be writing a book, you'd be exploring your dad's life, finding out yeah. things you'd never heard about with your dad before. It's, um, it's fascinating, actually, to see where it's taken you, and where and what you've explored, what you've discovered about yourself as well in all of this.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah totally. I think you, I, I <laughs> sense
0: with you that you you're now that you can I hope now that you can look back at this. And as you know, as we've been talking this morning and really feel warm about it, because the, the what you achieved was phenomenal and on on many levels obviously the money is incredible and and how that supports the charity but it's what's, it's it's how it's brought you and your dad and your mum closer together yeah yeah and 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 just that human kindness Simon because I think at the root of all of this is this person I'm looking at now and speaking to who's just a very kind person
1: oh that's that's kind I don't want to say that (laughs) thanks (laughs) cheers no that's, that's really kind you know to say that but yeah yeah, I don't know what to say a little bit.
0: <laughs> no, it's how I feel. It's it's how you come across when you're in the car with your dad and you, I see the two of you looking at each other and it's just this love for each other. It's just, as much as I know that it's giving you, it, it, the, the videos are, 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 are giving your dad this moment of, uh, you know, coming to life again. But I think I see it in your eyes. I see this, just the smile that you, that you, that you offer and this warmth that you're going that you're presenting that probably when you get out of the car and you get back in the house it just switches off again so that that certainly comes across and 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 how powerful those carpool karaoke's were i know i know, I know we call them karaoke's but um <laughs> i think they're more than that i think it's too you know father and son together it's not something, yeah, it's, it's not very normal, is it? You know, men and uh, dads and boys, you know, yeah. generally was, drive I'm, around together.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I've had this time, you know, really have. if I, Like I say, after this whole thing, you know, what I've taken out of this is my relationship with my dad, you know. um Yeah, that's for me, because I mean, like, we were... If, I knew the dad and my dad loved me and I loved the dad, but we weren't close at all. But now, like, I mean, obviously, dad's so, so confused now. He's like, you know, very, you know, completely confused. Um, but he knows who, he knows that he, I'm his mate, you know, and he trusts me. And he, like, he knows that, I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, trying to get him change is swinging at me. <laughs> but he's, um, other days, he's like, you know, he knows that he, he comes up to me and I say, he'll say thanks and everything. And, you know, just be be kind, and I know that he knows. That I like I said, I know that he knows that he can trust me. So, just his behaviour and everything. So.
0: And is the music still important to him and to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, every time I go up there, we put the music on, put Spotify on. Um, I can't get him in the car anymore, though. That's the thing because it's just, um, it's just so. He can't, it's just a nightmare to get him in the car. You know, mm. and even just to get him out of the house because you know I said, "Come on, let's go out and this," and he'll look, he'll look. So oh, I'm not doing, I'm not going that, I'm not going up there. But his, his language is all mixed up, mixed, mixed up completely. So I don't know what he's talking about half the time. But, I mean, we communicate. As I talk to him, we have these crazy conversations. Um, and obviously, we put music on. He doesn't sing as much as he used to, but he can't get through a song now. It's all very jumbled up. Um, but he just sits there and he's either clapping really, really loudly and, you know.
0: And you were saying that he goes to, uh, does he go to a singing group or, or before COVID? Yeah, Is yeah, he going it, to a, a group. Went
1: to, yeah, they went twice every week, him and my mum, and that was good. I think it's good for mum as well to get out, and there was people there that people weren't going to judge. You know, dad could be wandering around, could eat all the biscuits <laughs> and <he's> to himself. <laughs> not one priority. Yeah, exactly. Mum would be like, "Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed!" Like he would literally sat there with and just ate. He wouldn't share the biscuits with anybody. <laughs>
0: custard creams they're mine
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: (laughs) so your book um that was that was launched in april
1: 2018 that's right yeah yeah you
0: finished your book it was launched yeah then what
1: then it was just yeah then i think after that that was kind of like what what do i do next really kind of um because life had changed i spent a year we did the album looking after dad and then writing the book so it's all quite busy and then all that stops and then obviously song a minute had changed really you know so that that story had ended so it was kind of like what do i do next really you know where do i i go and you know i was doing bits of jobs i couldn't get a, a long-term proper job I couldn't get a normal a, a job what like i was doing before um so it was all a bit, I, I think I got into a bit of a bad space and also because dad had declined like that literally overnight one night. Um, he'd really, really declined and that knocked me for six. And um, they talk about they talk about like anticipatory grief and I didn't know anything about this at the time. And um, I'd be going, to, I, I didn't know what was going on with me. I'd be going to like shops and, you know, supermarkets and I'd be trying to put and be shaking and, you know, and I, I spoke to the dementia nurse about it, the admiral nurse and um well actually she was up at my mum and dad's and i went in she was there when i went in and she was like are you okay and i was like yeah i'm, I'm fine there's nothing wrong with me and she's like are you sure you're okay and i'm like yeah i'm, I'm fine there's nothing with i'm okay in this and then as she was leaving she went i've just left a couple of leaflets for you and one of them was anticipatory grief and i got home and I just thought it was another dementia leaflet but about a week later i picked it up and i read it and i was like oh my god this is totally what's happening to me you know
0: So she was very tuned in to the symptoms you were displaying.
1: Yeah, I must have been acting really odd, and I think you when you're in a down, a a funny place, I think you kind of overly try and pretend things are okay, don't you? Which obviously, I think if people have been through that, you can notice, them kind of behaviours. Really,
0: she saw through that.
1: Probably, she's not
0: not you know not that you were masking it, but she she picked up on it, and you addressed it. Did you?
1: I did. I was just I was just more mindful of it really. And, and a lot of it was like it sounds a bit uh hippy, doesn't it? Like be kind to yourself and all that kind of stuff. But um yeah, that's yeah, yeah I was just, you know, it wasn't a good time, really wasn't a good time at all. No, and that I, went on for about five or six months as it did.
0: Yeah. I I can see that actually. Some of the posts you've made, um this year, actually, I think I've seen two posts that you've posted in 2020 on Facebook and um, you're very candid about that. You're very um, open about how you're feeling and, and talking quite openly about it's not it's not things aren't well with your dad. And, you know, you're having a low point. And do you have the support now around you? Um
1: it's been weird because of COVID, because everything's fallen away. But I, I, I do have support. I think, I think the main thing is to support yourself, really. I mean, like, my, it's you no. Know, how can how can people help? You know what I mean? What can they do? Nobody can. There's nothing to do. Other it's, people,
0: have you got? I'm, I mean, I mean, I suppose I'm saying, have you got? Can you talk about it? Do you, do you find? Oh quite yeah, I'm quite. To talk
1: to yeah, definitely yeah. I've you know, Found a bad day. Yeah. but it's all yeah. it's. Yeah, I mean, there has been quite a lot of bad days recently. I mean, not from us because of the situation, mm. but I think I've I know how to deal with it a lot better now. Really, it's just it's just awful. I mean, I, you know, if any any illness is awful. It really is. But it's just like when you see what's going to happen to Dad, I just think it's quite it's just well, any illness. It's unfair, you know.
0: Well, I, d- I hope you don't mind, but I picked out something that you'd actually written it's just a sentence just a small sentence I just want to read it out because it's it keep I keep coming back to it and it it, it could almost be the meaning of your campaign but you're talking about um living with somebody with dementia um and it's set you say it seeps into every inch of your being normal life goes out of the window yeah and it's that's enormous it's it's enormous isn't it and you know not what is normal life anyway because normal <laughs> life <laughs> don't ask me uh, it, it, life I, I think for for you normal life it isn't normal and um this must be you, you know you have you're an example Simon of, of doing something taking taking on something that just was so phenomenally successful and if you have achieved everything that you, you you could possibly have achieved with your campaign. So you should be very, very proud of that.
1: That's really kind. <laughs> you really
0: should be. It's an it's it's an enormous honour to speak to you, actually. I'm really, you know, it means a lot to me. <laughs>
1: That's really kind. Pad, fine.
0: pad, because I'm getting a bit teary. Are you really? Oh, a little, no. yeah, a little. Gosh. <laughs> uh, I think it's because... What have I done the podcast is, is really about that. It's you know it's trying to it's trying to, to talk to the charities actually and, and and hopefully they'll hear through your story and for other people's story what what perseverance feels like, what grief feels like. Yeah and also this curve that you go through because we've just talked very openly you've just talked very openly about the other side of the curve yeah and you're still here aren't you and we're still talking about it and you've <laughs> you're you still making an impact because now you're working for the charity you're a, you're a coordinator for the northwest for the for the um for Alzheimer's research so yeah. i think that's it goes on the story goes on simon and Do it, you know- do you know what you
1: what you're saying then about like obviously I speak to a lot of fundraisers and everything. And yesterday I spoke to this—he was only 16. This guy in Manchester, and he was doing—he's um, doing like a I don't know a fundraising cycle or something with his friends, and he wanted to speak to a researcher. He wants to study medicine and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, I spoke to him on the phone, and um he was like, he started telling me about his grandma, and she's still at home, and all this kind of stuff. And then I—I I this moment, I was just suddenly started, you know, I was trying to keep it together on the phone with him because it. He was. I thought he's he's me talking back to me because he was like saying, "Oh, I'm doing this because I just want to make a difference," you know. And and he was like explaining what his grandma's gone through, and I was like, "Oh my god, I've got to keep this together," you know, because it did make me so emotional. Because I thought, yeah, unless she, when you've been in these awful, awful situations, you can't, you know, you really just yeah. it changes your life, doesn't it? Really, yeah,
0: it does. You know? And you, and you imagine... realize what,
1: what's important. I think really
0: and he have stayed in contact with him
1: oh well yeah I mean it was only yesterday so I spoke to him yes yeah, he's going to do some more fundraising um but he sent me a text message and he said like oh, I'm so grateful having your, of the conversation he said like it's so good to be able to speak to somebody who knows what it's like and I was like oh my god you know that was me like a few years ago you know
0: yeah really weird amazing anyway. well I will have him on this podcast <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah. He says nice things
0: about us. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have that. And I just I want to end really if if we can. I mean it's been an incredible opportunity to speak to you and I know that we'll stay in touch. I really hope that yeah. that we will. Um but I want to really end with asking you what advice would you give to anybody who has a creative idea who has this sort of seed of an idea?
1: yeah just don't be frightened just do it you know what's what you're going to lose it could bring something quite exciting you know
0: absolutely thank you so much simon for giving me your time and being so open and so just so warm and it, and i hope that this story has really touched so many you know other people's lives and You carry on being brilliant, and you carry on supporting these campaigns and these these charities, these important dementia uh, charities. And give my love to your mum and to your dad.
1: I will do. Thanks a lot. It's beginning to talk. I enjoyed it. Good. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: Bye. What Have I Done is a Just Voices production and is sponsored by Just Giving. Edited and mixed by Russ Keffert at Audio Egg and presented by me, Caroline Jones.